welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat with Zach. And today I have a very special guest, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, Zach. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for hopping on today's episode. I, I know we have a lot to talk about, um, but I'm just like so excited to learn more about your world and what you do. And without further ado, let's just get right into it. Um, so as you guys know, the title of this episode is called Let's Chat About Working in the Cannabis Industry. And Rebecca, my first question to you is, you currently work at Grasslands. Do you want to take a moment to tell the listeners what you do and the, uh, the work that you do at the organization you work for? Yeah, sure. And I'm so excited to be here, by the way. Uh, thank you so much for asking me. Of I'm course. so excited. <laughs> um, so I currently work with uh, Grasslands, a journalism-minded agency, which is a full-service marketing and public relations agency in Denver. Uh, we specialize in best-in-class, public relations, branding, crisis management, content management, all that other good stuff uh, for cannabis, psychedelics, and other highly regulated industries. Um, I'm not lucky enough yet to have dipped my toes in psychedelics, but I'm hoping to very soon. Um, I'm definitely cannabis gal right now. Um, <laughs> and Ricardo Baca, our founder and CEO, he is a extremely respected and talented journalist of over 20 years. Uh, he's brought together genuinely one of the best groups of people I've ever had the pleasure to work with and to learn from. I'm currently contracting with them and offering media relations support on different accounts, which basically means a lot of media lists and a lot of pitching, <laughs> which you can yeah. probably relate to. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. That sounds, that's so interesting because I feel like there's uh, a lot of, you know, people's perceptions and skepticism when it comes to the cannabis industry and just like psychedelics and things like that. So I guess I'm just curious, like, how does that affect your work and I guess your, your personal um, goals with the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. There is a ton of skepticism and preconceived notions surrounding mm -hmm. the cannabis industry and cannabis as a whole. It's something that no matter like what your job title, no matter what side of the industry you're on, everyone in cannabis deals with it pretty much on a daily basis. Um, there's just so much misinformation constantly spreading around like that cannabis leads to harder drugs or that it makes you more uh, in tune to violence. And it's really frustrating and definitely disheartening at times. Um, but to be honest, I kind of understand like where it comes from. Um, there's like constantly like a new flood every day of credible and like proven and uh, researched information coming out so much. Um, like I feel like when being confronted with so much information, it's really easy for you to like pick up something that isn't true. Um, yeah. But I find for me at least like, Personally and professionally, uh, I just want to get excited and continue to keep getting excited about like new knowledge that's getting out there that I can work with and really not trying to dwell on those who like choose not to educate themselves. I know that there's a lot of places that don't have the same access to education of especially yeah, around yeah. drugs in general, but especially cannabis. Um, but I'm hope that's definitely a goal I want to work towards of helping to continue more places that to have more options so it increases the education and because honestly that's just what it is I yeah. feel like the you know like I feel like people are afraid of what they don't understand and exactly there's a lot of, yeah and there's a lot we still don't understand about cannabis and that we get to learn on the daily and that there's 
like there's so much stuff that kept coming out what, about like different cannabinoids and terpenes, which are the effect, like those are what are the like basic like compounds in cannabis that create different, the different types of highs, like THC wow. and CBD or cannabinoids. Wow. I did. I'm, I'm learning so much already. Like I did not <laughs> even know all of that, um, yeah. but I totally agree with you. I feel like uh, just com- having like valuable conversations about this. Cause again, I think there are a lot of preconceived notions that either our parents or, or other people kind of put onto us. And as we grow up and I feel like without having those conversations or, or being educated on it, we kind of tend to just agree with that perception or just, you know, tuck that away and, and go about our days. But I feel like, you know, we're living in an ever-changing society and, I feel like now more than ever, you know, topics like this need to be discussed. And I feel like it would also help not only change the perception, but I feel like a lot of kids, you know, if they say, you know, don't do this, they're going to do it. You know what I mean? So I feel like having a more healthier relationship with it or, you know, thought process with it would definitely would possibly benefit like so many people for sure. Absolutely. And honestly, like, there are a lot of people who are against, against legalization because their argument is that they're like there's going to be more uh, like usage amongst younger people. Mm-hmm. And the University of Colorado and I can't remember which one, but another university in Montana have both done studies to to try to focus and hone in on what the like the changes are in Colorado after it's been legalized. And there wasn't really that much of a shift in already like. You know, like I, I did live in Colorado for a bit growing up and I lived in New Jersey for most of my life as a mm-hmm. uh, kid and young adult or not a young adult as a teenager. Yeah. Um, and like there are drugs everywhere. Like there, yes. there are drugs everywhere. And even in like in New York, which is a fresh new market, it is just legalized. There are people do not have the correct permits yet for actual dispensaries to be opening. And there are already dispensaries everywhere. There are mm-hmm. like weed on wheels, but... Uh, like delivery services already. Like, I think we live in a time and place where it doesn't matter if it's legal or not where you live. Like if someone wants access to it, they're going to get access to it. Exactly. And I feel like that just, again, the legalization and, you know, all this political stuff attributed to it kind of puts a more negative, you know, stamp on it in the sense that I feel like, again, if, uh, if people are pushing more to more regulate this stuff, like, if people want it, they're going to get it somehow. It's not going to stop them whether or not it's legal to do it. Um, so I feel like to, you know, avoid all those obstacles, why not just, you know, continue to have these conversations and, I don't know, prevent certain outcomes from happening because, you know, we don't want people to get hurt or, you know, things like that. Absolutely. But I, I do think that I mean, I can't help but think that, you know, all this political talk and legalization and everything um, hinders the whole, you know, the whole aspect to it, I guess. Um, It absolutely does. And I mean, like, I mean, I feel like it's pretty common knowledge at this point that the war on drugs really just was a war on race. And like, I feel like now the people in office that are trying to continue and like uphold the same regulations and the same laws that were made in place around that time are just trying to keep those ideals alive and like again like I'm not saying anything that someone else hasn't already said or written about um but I feel like it's like you know can't the cannabis industry when you look at how many people of color are incarcerated versus how many people of color actually work in the industry 
um, that's another thing that is like the like I know that everyone really worked like really hard towards like Grasslands is a BIPOC owned business and we mm. um, try to be able to work with as many companies as possible to try to promote uh, like BIPOC cannabis uh, products being bought instead especially like like we work with also a lot of clients because it's not a very popular industry for a lot of women either. Um, so we love being able to support like women-owned businesses and awesome. you know, I mean it's so much fun and there are so many great clients like I could talk for days weeks <laughs> months about them um, yeah. but it's it's something that I think like no one that actually works in the industry like tries to avoid talking about like if you're talking about cannabis like race is just as important and when you're talking about it as like your marketing plans are or like anything or like who your target audience is like anything that you're going to be discussing like race plays such an important role in cannabis and if you're not talking about it like you're being really ignorant yeah I again cannot agree with you anymore with that like <laughs> race I mean race is nowadays intertwined with everything and, and that's yeah, nothing absolutely. new um and if people think that that is then there's something wrong with them because what world are you living in um, <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, again, like, it's just, I don't know, I think this is just a fascinating topic. And, you know, I grew up with, uh, my parents are both doctors, and, and they're older. Uh, they were born in the 50s. And, you know, they have that older generation mindset. And, you know, not that since they're doctors, like, they, they know, and I know that there's st studies that have been published about this, how, you know, cannabis has, um, you know, been very positively benefit, benefited, like patients and, and people, um, with medical care. And I think with them, like having, cause I've had plenty of conversations with them about the topic, especially like at the end of my high school, going into college when, you know, I don't have parent supervision and uh, things happen. <laughs> and cause in, in high school, I had a very sheltered uh, life. Like, like my parents were doctors. They were very, they weren't strict, but they they had their values and yeah. I I never even really like I was so vanilla in high school like I didn't even do <laughs> like I didn't even drink really until like prom like senior second semester senior year and that was yeah. barely anything um it wasn't until college where I really you know got exposure to that and yeah. I think the summer going into college after I graduated high school my parents wanted to have a more proper conversation about mm. certain things that I may or may not come into contact with. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I also think like, I've never had any, um, negative influences in terms of cannabis, like growing up. So I never really thought about it. And, um, I guess the people I was surrounded with, they, they also didn't, cause I went to a very, I mean, private schools are, have their own issues and I'm sure people were doing doing stuff but the people I um uh was with and and I guess hung out with weren't really the type to do that and I and I 100% think that if I was surrounded by kids that had access to it and were like constantly doing it I probably would have had an earlier exposure to it than I than I did um but I personally just didn't even think anything of it just because yeah. I wasn't it wasn't in my world, so to speak, I until I got to college. And even when I got to college, like I knew, you know, growing up with parents that are doctors, like I knew, you know, the whole don't do drugs, don't blah, 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 all these like, yeah, <laughs> all these, not only <laughs> that, but like the ways that it can affect your health, which I feel like a lot of parents just tell their 
kids like don't drink don't do drugs but my parents were like that to the extreme and like mm. sending me articles about like the long-term effect you know all that extra stuff that that they did <laughs> <laughs> and I, even in college like I I I mean my whole life as a child teenager college like I I was a very I think I was a very good kid like I wasn't doing hard drugs mm -hmm. but of course I drank in college of course I did weed in college like who didn't yeah. um, but I think it's you know I I knew I and I think being exposed to it and having my own experiences experiences with it um, made me more comfortable with the world of cannabis and because I did what I did in college like I know now like how I feel about it how it affects me and you know I kind of do it at certain times of, you know, the night, like I'm not like a, <laughs> you know, like a, a quote unquote stoner, which I feel like has a negative connotation. Um, <laughs> um, it, can. But, it depends on, it depends on who you're talking to with it. You know, I feel like society wise, like general sense. Yeah. Like yeah. people are like, oh, those potheads. Those exactly. Stoners. Exactly. But I feel like some other people are like, hell yeah, I'm a pothead. <laughs> like we're loud and proud. Yes, no, 100%. And again, I think that all has to do with like the environment and, and the world that you're yeah. brought up in, and the experiences that you have. Um, but I'm I'm glad I, you know, got introduced to it in a, a more healthier way mm -hmm. than I feel like a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but maybe some people do. Um, and for me, it's, it's made me more comfortable with it. And, you know, I know, you know, in terms of the amount that's good, good for me, when it's good for me, and, you know, all those other things just for like my own body, and, yeah. and the way that I, um, you know, are receptive to it. Um, I'm personally more of a drinker than a smoker. But I think that's because I had a, a in college, I did an internship with Homeland Security. So I had to stop. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was in a, the summer of 2021. So like, I think December of 2020, like I was, I had my last, like my last hit, <laughs> so <Yeah>. to speak <laughs> and, until, you know, I was done with my internship and I had my first um, experience back with it, uh, like at the end of the summer and oh my wow. God, it did not, I did not realize the toll it would have on my body. The first because I, I didn't even do a lot of it. It was just like, I think because my body wasn't used to it for so long mm -hmm. that, you know, it it just... You just I get just, like couch potatoed. No, literally to the point where it was like, <laughs> wow, like it just gets you right back into that headspace. Um, oh, yeah. But no, now thinking about that, that, that brings me to like my next point, a more, I guess, a more fun topic. Um, do you have any like memorable experiences or like best quote unquote best experiences um, when it comes to cannabis and being high? <laughs> I, de I definitely do. Oh my, I, I have so many. And definitely some of my more memorable, uh, memorable ones, some of them are really good. And there's like a slight handful, you know, everyone has that one yeah. like edibles experience where I'm like, I'm never smoking weed again. <laughs> like, uh, mine was when I was watching Kung Fu Panda with some girlfriends, like oh all gosh. of us were in it. Like, <laughs> Um, but honestly, like, I think when I think back onto like, what is like, like my favorite memory and the most memorable, um, cause I actually, I feel like where I grew up with, uh, like there are people who were smoking and drinking when I was like 13. Um, wow. yeah. So I That's feel crazy. like, like from the time I was like really young, like I had access to it. 
but I didn't choose to do anything with it until I was like in high school. And um, I definitely was a bigger drinker in college. And now like, if I have like two cups of two glasses of wine, like I cannot drive, like I can't get out, like, <laughs> like someone needs to walk me to my, like to their car. Like yeah. I cannot handle my alcohol anymore. Um, but when I was in high school, um, I like first started getting really bad panic attacks for the first time. And I had no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, like a lot of kids do like, you know, we did, we, I had some like education on mental health and stuff, you know, we're outside of New York, like we've talked about it some, but I really just, I was like, I don't want to be on medication. Like I have seen like family members who had been on it their entire life and then like had to stop because for some reason or the other. And I saw that drastic shift in them of like getting off their meds. And I just was really afraid of that. And one of my like like friends was having just like a little hangout session. They were, uh, she was older than me. And so were all of her friends. And I don't know why or what brought it up, but I like remember having one of the worst panic attacks I've ever had. Um, Like I remember just like shaking and like crying and like, I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack. And one of her friends who I like barely knew, like I'd hung out with him maybe a couple of times as a joke, really, like just like threw the blunt in my mouth and was like, this will help. And it did like immediately, like as soon as I like exhaled, it was like, I literally felt myself, myself like stop shaking. Like I like stopped crying as much. I was able to like articulate like, like what was bothering me. Mm. And I, you know, I also, I grew up with like dare programs coming to my school, like once a year, twice a year. Like I like had my friends, parents and my parents, like, and my brother, even though like man was like the biggest druggie of his time (laughs) back in the eighties and nineties, like um like I remember all them telling me to stay away from drugs that Mm -hmm. like it that will increase your paranoia increase your anxiety and like yeah Yeah. absolutely like too much of anything will do that uh and I was so confused to being like well this is something that's supposed to make me like paranoid and scared and nervous like why do I like feel like I can finally breathe again like um and I feel like that was like my first like look into how cannabis can really improve like one's mental health when using it in like the right way like Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that like something that people definitely in communication side of cannabis do is like they like try not to call it a drug they try to refer it as like a medicinal like property or medicinal thing because like that's what it is first and foremost like this is a naturally grown substance this is something that is healing this is some literally if you go to the other side of the world you can find tons of different strains of weed just growing on the side of the highway like it's something that's just naturally found in the middle of nowhere and i'm like why would i like spend potentially like my life savings trying to pay medicine every year and paying my like uh to get my prescriptions and everything Mm -hmm. i could just like smoke a little flower and i Mm -hmm. like especially it doesn't even have to be like the type of weed that gets you high, like THC versus like CBD and CBN and all that. Like I can get into more of that, but basically like, like CBG, like doesn't have the quality, like the quantity, like, uh, like the same substance that like THC possesses. So like when you're smoking stuff with THC, like do that's when you're going to get actually high, like the, like, Ooh, like I'm feeling like getting a little wobbly or yeah. like, you know, <laughs> Uh, like I'm feeling good versus like CBD is what like targets your anxiety or like CBN is like what a lot of medicinal patients should look for too. Cause that can help with different pain, whether, or also 
like epilepsy patients, Parkinson's patients, like helping with uh, like to offset the, um, the really bad nausea that cancer patients get. Like there's so much you can look into that or mm-hmm. like big thing that I learned recently, lemonine, a type of terpene in cannabis mm-hmm. um, has the adverse effect of a lot of cannabis. And instead of giving you like the munchies, it kind of has the adverse effect. So it makes you not really hungry. So if you're trying to diet, lemonine is a great uh, tool oh. for you. But if you're suffering from an eating disorder, you want to stay the absolute hell away from yeah, lemonade. Yeah. Wow. I feel, yeah. again, like, I feel like a lot of people just like, don't know this stuff. Like, I, yeah, it's, I just learned being like, this is stuff I've learned being in the industry and working yeah. and like, like asking questions. This is nothing that I've like just stumbled upon by any means, but like there are platforms that are trying to get bigger that so people can just easily stumble upon this information. No, yeah, because I feel like once, you know, if this information was more accessible and, you know, viewed in a more positive light, I, I feel like yeah. it would change people's perspectives and, and, and notions when it, when it comes to, to cannabis and, and the industry as well. Um, my, my most memorable experience, it, it's crazy because I, it was definitely my most memorable experience being high, yeah. but the time and the people I was with at the time are not so memorable um just it's it's just like so crazy because like I was with a group so it was summer 2020 I moved into my apartment well I moved into my apartment in DC July 2020 so at the end of uh um uh July early August after I finished my internship that summer a group of us drove down to Virginia Beach and I think it was just for like a weekend or like a couple days um those people I don't really associate anymore with um feel, that's know, a whole nother a whole nother thing um but feel, one yeah. night one night I I don't know it was I, the Saturday or the Sunday of that weekend mm-hmm. um and we uh went out to the to the beach and it was like like nine or ten it was like it was pitch black but we were oh, like by like the boardwalk so like it it was dark but like it was light just because there were a ton of people on the beach. There were like fireworks for some reason. And like people like party, they like could hear music. It was just a vibe, right? But like oh. when you looked into the ocean, it was like a dark abyss. I love that. <laughs> and we were drinking. And now that I think about it, this probably wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, and I don't know how I would feel if my parents found out, but. Um, tell them we, not to listen to this episode no literally <laughs> um, but when we were dr- drinking uh on the beach I don't know we were just like we weren't like drunk drunk we were just at the point where before you get like wasted we were just vibing right yeah and it was that perfect like middle in between where um, we were like you know it's I don't know we were just like in in the in the moment so to speak so you know we pulled up pulled out a little sum sum and uh me and my friend at the time, oh, we were so gone at this point where we thought we were avatar benders. Like, in the oh water. my god, it's like so ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, uh, we, I, I, I got in, and you know, we were just like swimming, we were vibing, and then like I got on my on my back and I started floating, like hands out, looking at the stars, oh my and like god. it was like the constellations were out, like it was starry night, and that's when it hit me. And I, I swear to God, I was in the sky and I've never felt the way I felt in that moment, like ever, either before that moment or after. 
and oh, I love this for it you. was no it was like literally girl it was a cinematic moment like I swear to god it was like a movie scene like I I've love never that. Felt, I've never felt so like in the moment with myself emotionally mentally and just like connected and I was just like looking up and I felt so free and I think it's just because like I like everything was just out like I was yeah. fully floating like legs arms out head above water like looking up at the sky uh. and <laughs> and I, I was just in it and I guess at one point I started out being around my my friends at the time yeah but since I was floating I was drifting away <laughs> and if it wasn't for it, no, this is where it gets like, oh shit. And this is the ocean. This is no lake. This is the ocean. You could have just kept floating. No, and the way I was floating was not towards the shore. Like the only reason I didn't like go into the abyss was because I guess my friend at the time, he noticed I was drifting away and he like swam out to like, and it wasn't until, it was so crazy. Cause like I was, I was in the moment and like, I could hear I, I could hear him coming, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. You just it. didn't like, realize it. You're like, I hear something, it. but like, and then he like I don't know that is. touched my hand when he was trying to like get to me and it felt like a swift breeze. And it wasn't because he like, I guess he tried to reach out for my hand, but I was like really drifting. And then it wasn't until we like literally grabbed my forearm, forearm. And I was like, Oh, fuck. like, I just felt like I woke up from a trance and I literally like, <laughs> feet went into the water and I realized I couldn't feel the bottom and I looked and I was like oh my fucking god like I was drifting oh my high god into the ocean like what but it was the best experience of my life like by far and it was the most memorable um the most iconic to this moment um uh, but all the other times I've just been couch potato or like it's just been like a 12 a.m 1 a.m type of vibe but that Dude. was like the most I don't know, like the most raw experience. And I will never forget that, even though I don't associate with those people at the time, but that experience in that moment, I've never felt beautiful. that in my life. Exactly. I love that. I love that. I mean, I feel like especially some of my, like in college wise, like some of my most treasured memories are with people that I'm never going to see again, never yeah. going to talk to again. <laughs> some of them like intentionally, less, some of them just, you know, we just probably won't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, like, I mean, like, I know it's a little different from cannabis, but I'm, you know, I'm all for psychedelics. I 100% big, big fan. I'm mm -hmm. all for access to drugs as long as it is safe access to drugs. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. That's all I, you know, like, as long as it is safe and like, it's what someone's, and it's consensual, like, that's what, that's what it should all be about. Um hundred percent one of my best experiences of my life is doing shrooms and running up and down the beach um so i yeah. could not also you're ever in amsterdam no um it's crazy you at say the that Van Gogh museum like that ah it's crazy Amazing. you say that because i was about to just about to say this but i was supposed to so my college experience covid fucked everything up I but i was supposed to go abroad my junior spring of my junior year and me and my friends at the time like I had a group of friends that were all going to be abroad together and me and my roommate were going to the same we were gonna, supposed to go to Paris and we all had like a plan like somewhere around the March spring break area we would like meet up in Amsterdam to do shrooms or second like we had it was so crazy because we were literally like, we could we, still do it yes yes we definitely could but it's just like so funny that you say that because I feel like 
Amsterdam is such a vibe. Like that is like I think if like I, a city, if I was personified as a city or cityfied, I have no yeah. idea. Like if I was a city, I would be Amsterdam. It is so chaotic and full of life and yeah. energy, and there's like trams and cars and bikes and motorcycles and people walking all in the same exact street and it's so much fun like i mean like this kind of off topic but like no please um, the last so i've been to Amsterdam a few times and the last mm-hmm. time i was there um i had done like shrooms all day i went to the van gogh museum then i went to the banksy exhibit and then i'm like still going and i'm going to a concert to see this band perform that's from the town of new jersey that i lived in you know it's in Amsterdam I'm like this is awesome it's like (laughs) I gotta go so I'm with my real I'm with like my family friend and he's like a giant he's like six foot something but everyone there are also giants so (laughs) but I managed to like you know I keep like excuse me like like, I can't see like like, (laughs) all the way to the front and the concert starts playing and I'm super super high like we had smoked before going in taking an edible also once we got inside like we're like ready for this concert. Yeah. And I hear someone shout, go Mounties, which is my high school like mascot. And I'm oh. like, I'm in Amsterdam. Like, wow. come out. <laughs> so I like turn around and I see this like, like beautiful, like Norse God behind me. And I'm like, you from Montclair? Like, <laughs> that's, I know the Mounties. And immediately he's just, Rebecca, Rebecca Taub. And I'm terrified. So I'm like, I don't know anyone in Amsterdam. Like, how do you know who was it? it? This is my seventh, uh, my eighth grade ex boyfriend, who the only reason we broke up was because he moved to Norway. And he was just standing behind me in this concert. And it was like unbelievable. Like, we ended up getting <laughs> together after. But like, our families like thought we were gonna get married when we were kids. Like, we were obsessed with each other. What are the fucking odds? What I the- know. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm Jewish, and until I was like 15, I did not know when Christmas was because it didn't affect me. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I broke up with him on Christmas back in eighth grade. T. Oh my god. But he was happy to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Not Christmas. (laughs) I mean, well, I was like, I'm Jewish. You can't. This is anti-Semitic to blame me. Like, I don't. You know, (laughs) like when's Hanukkah? Like, you know, that's crazy. What but, are the odds that you would run I into know. him? It was so great seeing him again. Too. Like, we've like kind of kept in touch uh, mm-hmm. since he's left. You know, he's forgiven me yeah. since eighth grade. <laughs> um, but it was like seeing him there, I was like, you're not a real person anymore. Like, like you know, it's like someone you that's see crazy. them on like Facebook or Instagram, but you don't like yeah. don't really like think about them and then mm-hmm. they're just right in front of you. Yeah, like that's I don't, that's crazy. That's such a story. Like, oh my gosh. I know. I, I spent, well, I'm not gonna lie because I've been on shrooms all day for a while. For when he first said Oscar, I was like, they're not like, <laughs> like I don't like this is a dream. Like, this, I'm not at the concert yet. <laughs> um, but it was such a great experience. But that's a that's like another favorite high experience. But it's that's that's crazy i don't got a story like that like that's kind of wild but um it was <laughs> but no i love that like i i hope that one day i am fortunate enough to go to amsterdam i, know um, you. I hate that fuck covid fucking that up for me 
Um, I'm sorry, man. Because it was just would have been so perfect. I know. Um, but it's okay. Like I swear, I'm gonna get you. Like it's it's a go. It's a life goal. Like I want I want that whole vibe. I I just want the experience. Like if it's like just at the end of the day, like I just want to do it to do it. Like it's not even like I, get I have to be in there for work. Like I don't. I just want to be able to just go. It's like, so beautiful there too. Like I would move there in a heartbeat. Like no job, no apartment, no nothing. I would just get there like if like like I've thought about it yeah <laughs> it is such a great city but I'm like I don't have enough money to do that. but oh, maybe that's... one day no yeah no one day for sure I'm putting it out there um right now positive energy positive vibes please oh, yeah. send me to Amsterdam send Zach <laughs> to Amsterdam <laughs> let me get the, the iconic shroom experience please please like everyone before I die <laughs> If anyone deserves it, you do. It's such an incredible experience. Like it really is like whether or not you do it for the first time there or like do it with some of your friends, like yeah. it really is such like, I, I love shrooms. I think everyone should do some form of psychedelics once mm-hmm. in their life, but it's especially shrooms because yes. like acids like 12, 13 hours versus shrooms can be like four to eight hours. So I feel like, or you could just microdose with that. Exactly. I feel like that's a really good like, like stepping stone drug that's not like too hardcore mm-hmm. but it's still like you can get some cool visuals yes for sure and I, I 100% agree that I I feel like if you do partake in that like you should not only be around you know friends, but people you can trust and be in a yes. uh, a healthy and positive environment where because especially if you've never done it before and don't know how it's going to because I know yeah. that was like a fear of mine even for like with weed before oh, I even really started yeah. like I because you know you hear horror stories and you never think it's going to happen to you and I feel like you know they never thought it would happen to them exactly and you know our bodies are just like so crazy because you don't know how it's going to react and your experience could differ completely from someone to somebody else's and I'm sure there, there could be like all these underlining like whatever effects but um I know for me like I whenever I do any cannabis or when I do shrooms or whatever psychedelics like I first of all I'm never doing it alone like I cannot trust myself to be for me personally unless I'm like literally in my I guess in my apartment like in a in the space where I know like it's a controlled okay if if it's a controlled environment I think that's the key in a controlled Uh, environment I was in my home like I felt very good it was a crazy experience but it like changed my life for the better to do it that way yeah I I mean like I could not go to Amsterdam by myself to do it and like walk around Amsterdam because I would be like that was no I don't think you should either (laughs) like I think Amsterdam Amsterdam definitely is a city you can go to by yourself but I think it is a better city to be when it's shared with someone else exactly it is just so incredible like every like corner I also like the thrift stores of my dreams like (gasps) stop I love thrifting I, I got lost like my first day there like after like and I got separated from my friends and my phone was dead and I don't speak Dutch <laughs> um but I mean, that's, I'm not gonna lie a lot of people speak English I was like I can find my way like yeah. I have a map like I, I'm gonna do it the old-fashioned way and instead like I just went thrift shopping like yeah. the whole day and then like some like store will let me charge my phone and I called an Uber like I didn't even try but I was like there's just so much beautiful clothes and like from all like eras too like like I feel like the best thrift stores I've seen in the U.S. are like the casual ones they have just on like the like nitty-gritty shop quarters there Mm -hmm. like it's 
it's the place of my dreams i wish i like could be there all the time oh my God, girl you need to stop because i'm a book of flight right now <laughs> <laughs> no okay it's it's definitely a bucket list like it's it's a fact i'm gonna be there um yeah. but definitely agree like doing that with people that you feel comfortable doing it with yeah. um and yeah like i i because especially even if they've never experienced it i just feel like if you feel comfortable doing it with them like that's the best way to approach it and to start it because you know if you don't do that then things could happen yeah. that you may not want to happen absolutely <laughs> um, just having access to someone who who makes you feel safe who can ground mm -hmm. you and like I think to start off the trip you should start in like just a place you feel really safe and comfortable with and then once you're like okay I got the hang of this then go out in the world and explore but like yeah you know like give yourself a second to adjust to it and also like it like I know it's hard to like really like realize it when you were in this moment but like if you start getting into a bad place in a trip like it won't last forever yes. like and even if like you have to ride out the trip being in a bad mood for the rest of it there's only a few hours yeah like and then you have your whole life and like uh and usually like for me like the more I if I get into a bad place if I like like remind myself like this is just a trip like mm -hmm. this is just temporary like let me just I'm gonna feel this bad feeling now like honestly just feel your feelings with any with any drug like if yeah like if you start smoking weed you start feeling the urge to cry which hasn't happened to me like that but like because certain times with shrooms or like you'll start you'll take it and you'll just be like I need to sob for six hours like that's just what I need to do um that's, yeah and like if that's what you need to do like the way that like you know like how you feel if you get a like a like a like if you really need to cry and you finally let it out you know that mm -hmm. release you feel yes like it, letting yourself experiencing the joys, the anger, the sadness, the like ups and downs of shrooms is like that, but on steroids, like mm. you feel such an intense relief of yourself. Like it is fully like cleansing your body of everything. Like, so if you feel like you need to cry your whole trip, it's because somewhere in your body, like there is something just stuck in you that needs mm. to get out and That's you'll feel so much better after. That's so interesting because I've, I've definitely heard, you know, um, from various people that uh, have, I don't know if it's a warning or just like uh, something to think about, but I've been told that you shouldn't do psychedelics if you aren't fully, I don't even know how to phrase this, like fully okay right with yourself. Mindset. Yeah, the right mindset yeah. because things that you may not have settled with may come out during your yeah. trip or if you have a bad trip or, or whatnot, um, especially if you've had suppressed, you know, things in your life and experiences yeah. that. Um, I think like shrooms definitely, like no matter how suppressed, how much you've dealt with it or not, I feel like like everyone has trauma. And yeah. I feel like sometimes shrooms makes you realize like as much as I thought I had dealt with this, like I haven't at all. Mm -hmm. um, so like, like, yes, like, I think you should you should feel I think it's more about like you feeling ready for it like if yeah. you feel like you're ready that's more important than if you're like I'm not like the happiest I could be or I'm not mm -hmm. in like the most like stable I could be but I'm ready for this like this is something that I want to do that I should do like I want like not like need in the sense of like like Gollum with the ring but like <laughs> you know but like yeah. something where I'm like this will be good for me to do like you know when you're like I don't want to eat my vegetables I I know that was a really like five-year-old <laughs> answer but um 
Like, I, I really do think that, like, because there are so there are places that do use like uh, psychedelic, <laughs> psychedelics, psychedelics uh, in different uh, like uh, ways in therapy. And uh, my mom's friend is actually a certified shaman who does uh, oh. like therapy treatments with um, with acid, shrooms, and ketamine. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, so I think like if you feel like I don't know. Like I, like I could the one of the last few times I did it, I did kind of view it as more of like a therapy session with myself. Mm. And I had like, I set goals for myself of like, like certain things I wanted to unpack about like myself and my past and my future. And yeah. so like, I did view it as like, this wasn't just like a fun little trip for me. I was like, this is like a deep look into my, like my psych, like my, uh, my like ego and my like inner self. Like I mm -hmm. really want to like, see if my inner child is healing more I like I like I very much viewed it as like a huge therapy session for myself and I think it did a lot of really good for me no yeah like I I, I think that's what we need people need to like hear like those yeah. real authentic experiences and uh how you know it has affected you in, in a more positive positive way especially because it has such like a negative connotation in some people's minds and um, you know, those preconceived notions. Um, but I, I mean, I'm personally learning so much from you. Like, this, oh is, this is so good. Um, but I guess another question I had for you was, like, did you always have an interest in the maneuvering into the cannabis industry? Or was this just something you kind of, you know, landed upon? Yeah, so um, I definitely didn't know I wanted to be in the cannabis industry. I've really worked in a lot of different ones. I've done I've done nonprofit. I've done fashion, uh, some travel. Um, and then it was like, uh, during COVID really, um, I just, I needed a shift in perspective. I was only yeah. going for like certain jobs that I was like, this is the type of industry I need to be in for me to be on this path. And COVID kind of gave me the chance to like slow down a bit and mm -hmm. really look at alternatives of what I like could do or wanted to do. And like, I got what I thought was like my dream job in New York uh, after doing some freelance work for a, a really small boutique cannabis marketing firm in Denver. And like, I loved my time there. I was only there for a few months and I was using it as a stone to get this, what I thought dream job in New yeah. York. And I'm so grateful for the time I had with them. I got to learn so much uh, in the time I was with them. Literally the first, my first week, they, uh, the first client they introduced me to was doing a pride bingo celebration thing that was hosted by NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I've made it. Like, <laughs> this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. Like, I'm yeah. working with celebrities. It's your moment. Like, yeah. And I was like, this is it. Like, the next one was a, like, resort, uh, a, a, a like, resort launch in Ibiza. Nick Kroll and his wife were there. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski were there. Like, my god you were in the same room as these people that's crazy i was no no no. i was this is like so oh, working oh, oh. covid very oh, virtual, oh, okay, okay, like but uh, still affiliated with virtual it. yeah so i was yeah. like talking to their teams um yeah. and stuff but i was like this is what i want to do like and just the entire time i just like kept thinking like oh well i wonder what my team's doing i wonder how the client's doing like i wonder if they launched that edible yet mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god like why did I leave? Like, I loved that stuff. Like, and yeah. it wasn't like, I didn't like the work I was doing with the entertainment company. It was just, I 
like just missed the work I was doing in cannabis. And it was something I just like stumbled into because I like moved back home uh, at, when COVID, after COVID hit, after like like six months of not being able to find a job, I was like, I can't afford to pay rent in DC and not work. Um, yeah. So I like just, my mom drove uh, with me from DC to Colorado. Um, and, uh, like I just sent out a bunch of job apps and reached out to some colleagues. And one of them introduced me to the woman who uh, owns the boutique PR firm out here mm-hmm. and, uh, it just kind of worked out and I floated with them for a bit. And, uh, I think I got to work with, I got to work with some unbelievable like clients, like especially the women I got to meet with and got yeah. to learn from was so inspiring. Um, wow. But I really just wanted to join a agency that I could move up with a little more, which is mm-hmm. why I started to do contract work with Grasslands. Wait, that's awesome. Like, there's so much that you touched on that. I mean, I could definitely relate to. I know that, you know, you've had such a diverse, I guess, professional experience with the, the various industries that you've worked in. And listening and hearing you talk about how you thought your path was one way and, you know, you went back to working in the cannabis world. Like I'm, I'm kind of going through that right now. And in the sense that, you know, publicity has always been like my thing, I guess, um, just with like my itships and, um, you know, my degree and everything, but I find myself in a very, um, pivotal moment in my life where I, and, and I battled with this internally for so long, I feel like, since I've been out here in LA and I've, I've been out here since May. So it's it's already been like almost six months already, which is insane to even grasp that I've been out here that long. Um, but I had my internship, um, a publicity internship with Disney, which that's what got me out here. And it was a great experience and everything. Um, wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, and I always knew I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. But I always had other, I guess, professional interests. Um, yeah. Like I'm a more creative person. I'm like, uh, I like to think of myself as a creative at heart. And, uh, you know, I have an interest in production and all these other things yeah. that I, you know, thought about exploring. But then I was like, okay, if I'm on this PR publicity path, like if I stray away from it and like, if it doesn't work out, like you really I have to start up. back over, like, can I cannot yeah. catch up? Like all the back and forth and I and, get that. And whether or not I could even sustain, you know, transitioning over to a, a, a separate pathway, even though it's in the same quote unquote industry. Um, and, you know, I feel like being out here, I've, I've learned very quickly that um, the entertainment industry is one of the most competitive industries, I feel like, out there. Yeah. And even though there's like so much to entertainment like it's not just like actors and actresses but there's so many levels there's so many levels and so many things that you you have to battle with even just like getting out to LA which is like a whole thing in and of itself yeah. but and then bringing influencers into it yes like. yes 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 and mm-hmm. I don't know like I my trip ended at the end of September and I'm coming up on two months of of being unemployed and it's so crazy because I've always been the person that had something lined up. And this is the first moment in my first time in my life, like that I could ever think of where I didn't have anything to do. And it's, I mean, when I first started the whole unemployment thing, like it was kind of driving me nuts because I've always been, you know, doing so much at the same time, whether it's internships, clubs, you know, e-boards, like school, like 
all this stuff and then like securing my internship like coming out here and fast tracking that and getting an apartment and all this stuff and when my internship ended and, and my internship was a decent it was four months it was like 16 weeks it yeah. wasn't a, a quick stint and um it's crazy because like now I, I I'm definitely looking for a more creative role just for the experience and I feel like this is such an important time in my life where I don't have or I don't want to have any regrets and um, I don't have anything you know pulling me back to like just have a job to have a job um, just you know like I, you know, I don't got no wife no kids no nothing right yeah and so, it's like, the this time is... to just be selfish with your, exactly. your professional moves um, so I definitely can can relate to to that and I honestly think like the the diversifying your experience can just positively benefit your overall being um and just like learning because I feel like yeah we're out of school out of college but you never stop learning no matter what you do um so these are just things that I'm just starting to grapple with myself so it's it's very reassuring um to hear that that you have gone through the same similar experience absolutely like I feel like same, like I always was like, I have to do this and then do this and then do that. Like I have to get Mm -hmm. to this point by this age or by this moment. And then when the pandemic hit and no one was hiring and everyone was just letting people go. um, So I was up against like, um, like I remember when someone was in, I, I was, I interviewed for three months with this one position and then they told me at the end they were going with the one who had more experience and I was like that's fine like just so I can learn like what was the difference between my experience level and their experience level yeah um just so like I know where I ranked and they had six years of experience going for like an assistant account executive level because that's they couldn't get hired for anything else wow and I was like how am I supposed to compete with that like I've worked I worked almost every year of college and yeah, the only same. one that got really broken up was when I w- went abroad mm-hmm. um and I was like I but like I don't have six years of experience like I don't even have four consecutive years I have internships to fill up those things I was like yeah. how am I supposed to compete with that yeah um, th- that's not I don't think that's fair and of course like at that time you're you're competing with ex strenuous circumstances um but you know I I literally same thing like in these interviews are like rounds and rounds and rounds of interviews and for no reason like even Mm -hmm. for my internship when I was still in DC interviewing for it I had tell me why I had five rounds in 10 days while internship while grad it was and like it was while I was packing up my apartment because it was like they waited so long this was like end of April early May and I didn't get the call the offer until three days before I walked and I was like what the oh I'd be for an internship uh, I was confused I actually asked like the last on the last round I was like because the woman she was like oh it looks like because I guess it was like uh the recruiter again bringing it full circle and she had the audacity to ask me after she had all the notes from all the people I've interviewed with she she goes to ask me oh can you tell me tell me a little bit about your interview experience like I could see they really put you through the ringer and at that point I was like so fed up and I was at happy hour when when they called me because they were supposed to call me at a different time and I was waiting and I was being rude to my friends I was with whatever and at that point I was so like fed up but then I was like bro I don't (laughs) fucking care at this point so I was asked I was like why are why is this even this is I was like, I've had eight other internships before this. I've never gone through more than two rounds of interviews. Yeah. Like, 
what what is this for and all yeah. these things and you know there's another position I was recently up for and it was the same thing it was like I I think one common thing that's frustrating for me is I've applied at this point I've applied to so many places I've honestly lost count like I, I tried to you. make a not an excel but like a on my it's notes not app. Worth it. it's no at one because I started <laughs> not- actively looking so my intro was supposed to end in August, mm-hmm. um, but I got an ex- uh, um, four week a month extension, but I didn't know that until the end of August. And so I actively started looking for jobs like July, like a little bit over a month out. Cause I know like yeah. it could take like around a month to get something. Um, and I wasn't guaranteed an extension. So I didn't want to harp on that. And thank God I started when I did because I, it, it got me more visibility and exposure, but at the same time, it's crazy because like July feels like such a long time ago with in terms of like everything I've interviewed with. And the frustrating thing is it's not like I'm not getting interviews. It's going through all these rounds and every single time I'm down to, it's down to me and one other person uh, and they choose to go to with the other person. And yeah. the one time I ask, because all the time, like the team or the recruiter, they're like, oh, we loved you. You interviewed very well. and interviews never really scared me just because I've had so many internships like in college like I was kind of used to it I I kind (laughs) of I kind of like them because they give you an opportunity to put a name to a face like that's literally the only reason why because there's so many resumes that these people look at that if you get the opportunity to even it's virtual because all of them have been virtual lately like that's so important that you get the opportunity to be more personable because at the end of the day, I feel like that's another thing that they're looking for people that they can like work well with. And so, and I'm a very sociable, personable person. And so I was never like afraid of that. And so when people kept telling me, Oh, you interviewed very well, blah, blah. I was like, why am I not getting it? And so it wasn't until the recent one that I was like, it was the most Rebecca, it was the most perfect role like I'm not gonna cry about it but it was just like so perfect in I feel, sense that I feel it was a transition it was a transition it was a more creative role it yeah. had um uh I would have experience in production it wasn't an assistant position I would be um uh work in tandem with the director on the team be involved Ooh. in the creative process still working for Disney on the line oh, and entertainment yeah. like it would have been perfect and I met with the the recruiter the director on the team and they told me that they were looking to hire someone quick and that the process wasn't going to be delayed like five six rounds over the span of like a month and a half yeah and I remember I interviewed with the director on the team and it was the first time in a long time where I felt like oh my god I fucking crushed that interview like it was and it was like one of the most busiest days of my life like and it was only like 30 minutes and I just could tell like we vibed so well and uh that was like on like a Thursday or Friday and then that uh or no that was like on a Wednesday and then that Friday I was told I was going to find out by the end of the day end of the week on Friday didn't hear anything so I emailed the recruiter just like make sure the email was like high in her inbox come Monday morning and Monday morning I get a a response that they chose the other person and and then I was like I need to it's going to kill me if I don't know and I don't know if the information I found out after this made it worse (laughs) for me or not but I asked and because at this point I was like what is it like I need to know like because I know in my in my soul that was the the best interview I've ever had and um you know I thank her for her time expressing you know my gratitude to the team and I ask and she responds back to me like very quickly and she they were like 
oh, the team decided to go with the intern that they currently have on their team for the coordinator. Oh my God. Why did they even open the, the role? Exactly. But then it didn't stop there. She goes, um, Brian, the director I interviewed with, who I would have, who would have been my uh, uh, superior, he was like, he really loved you. You were his second choice. Like if the intern didn't accept the position or if there was no intern, the position would have gone to you. And I was like, okay, great. I know that it's nothing, like they loved me. Like there was nothing I could have done better or like I didn't do that they were looking for. But then I was like, the fact that I literally could have gotten it if there was no intern, but the fact that, did I even really have a chance? Yeah. Um, I all these that. things. And I was just like, oh, that was just like such a defeat. Um, but, you know, I think the main thing is just like trying to be positive and keep a, you know, a positive mindset while, while I go all through, through this. And I, at the same time, I feel like it's very exciting for me just because I'm in a new city and there's so much to explore. And I mean, with my future. Hell um, yeah. But no, so all that to say, I could definitely relate <laughs> yeah, and to we're what you so said. Young. Like, yeah. th- this is not the time to be stressing out about like wanting to do a little transition either with your career. Like, this is the time where if you want to transition in your career, like transition, like yeah. if you're not like as happy as you could be doing what you want to do with work, like it's time to find what makes you happy. Like, yeah. and I'm, I know that uh, in LA, like there's going to be another perfect role that will will 100% show up that you meet out here and the way you can just like I mean I don't know this very quickly how you can just randomly stumble upon people and I mean I guess I never really experienced because like DC is a very politically for obvious reasons town so like everyone there's versus LA is so different oh my god girl it's so different like (laughs) I I was never gonna work on the hill like no like this Mood. DC is doing nothing for me. Um, after I graduated, I was like, I knew I needed to leave. Like, especially with COVID and AU, all this other shit. I was like, I need to leave. Like, I need to get out of here right now. And actually, like, when we came out of the, I don't want to say we came out of the pandemic, but like, when we transitioned or tried to trans- transition back to in-person, yeah, I felt like my senior year last year, when we went back, because that was the first time we were like in person or whatever, and or tried it, I felt like I was a mid 20 year old going back for grad school. I had two jobs during the summer. I was living in the apartment, had my car in DC. Like I was living my life and I felt like I was going back to school. Like, and even that experience was like, not even because Omicron and Delta came and fucked up my senior year. So it, I was so ready to leave DC. COVID. <laughs> I was so ready. Like graduation was horrible. It rained. It poured. It was just like I needed oh. to leave. I need to leave. So I'm glad that I was able to come out here that quickly. I went to the like my makeup graduation ceremony this past May, two yes. years later. Yes. Um, and the only reason I went is because I'm a twin, and my twin went to GW for undergrad and mm-hmm. uh, Johns Hopkins for grad school. Damn. And her grad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she literally was like wrapped up in a internship with the D, a D uh, the Department of Defense. I was gonna say the DND, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. So wrong thing. Uh, but she literally just finished working with the Department of Defense, and I'm like, weed, like shrooms, woo. <laughs> like you know, two very different sides of that spectrum. But I only went back because her graduation from for her master's was like mm-hmm. the, the the two days after the makeup graduation for my thing wow i was like yeah all right i'll go and it was 
the biggest joke. It was in the gym, even though it was beautiful outside. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, wait, no, it was like 100 degrees outside. So never mind. I'm glad <laughs> But they like clearly didn't think about what like an alternative could be if it mm-hmm. was like really really hot. So like there was no decorations there. The stage was like like they were still moving it when my parents came in to sit down. Stop. Like, like it was such a shit show. Like they also had like half of the normal like bagpipes to come. Oh, and Sylvia Burwell didn't even come. That's. I was like, that's disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Because I tried to say she had COVID, and I was like, "Bitch, she's posting on her Twitter that she's out at dinner. Like, she's Bruh. not." Yeah, but yeah. Whatever. My graduation. I mean, ours. It was the first time they. <laughs> I, I I felt similar. Like I felt like they didn't really plan it out well. Like ours was the first time that they did a joint ceremony with the School of Education oh. and School of Communication, and ours was the first one on Saturday. And I remember I had to wake up at like six a.m. I because I was. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but I was on the stage. I was gonna be the undergraduate yeah. speaker. That's a whole nother thing. But um Oh my god, I didn't know that. No, Let's girl. Go. It, <laughs> um, but it was pouring rain and they gave us parking passes, but the only um you can only like one student could get one parking pass. And yeah. the garages where the parking passes were uh available to use or accessible were Katzen and SIS, both garages that had no coverage when you go to Bender. So everyone showed up drenched to graduation. And and then after graduation, because it was hey, raining you. the whole day. <laughs> SOC, thank God, is not as far away from Bender as like, I don't even fucking know, like SPA. But um, it was so many people were trying to go to SOC that there was a line forming. So not only were you already drenched and just got dry from being in the ceremony but you had to walk back outside and if you were not covered under that little thing under bender you were in line while it was pouring rain not everyone they didn't have umbrellas so unless you brought an umbrella with you you were not covered and it was just like so pathetic and the reception (laughs) was like in that um glass whatever space in that soc that i've never even been in and i'm like how are all these people gonna fit in here and I don't know, it was just like, like my parents and I were like, my mom looked at the food and was like, this is so pitiful. Let's go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, 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 at this point, I don't even know. Um, and thank God I had an apartment to pack up, but oh, I was just like ready to leave. And uh, it was just so chaotic. And I was just like, yeah. I like, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I always was jealous that GW, yeah, I think it's G, GW, they have yeah, their- Yeah, they do it on the lawn. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, mall, whatever. Uh, I always so, call it the national lawn instead of the national mall. Same shit. Same shit, it's, honestly. It's a big lawn. It's a big it's lawn. Grass, you know? um, but I but, agree. Yeah, I was jealous yeah. about that. The only thing that went well for me was my pictures. Because I had um, to wait a couple of days later till after the fucking rain. And I yeah. went on the mall and did them. Like, that was the only good thing that came out of graduation. Because uh, we couldn't take pictures. I have one picture the day I graduated with my parents. And oh. it's the most ugliest. It's in like the second floor of SOC, the lighting was horrible. Some random hallway because the there it was so gloomy outside. Like if you stood by a window, mm-hmm. the lighting wasn't wasn't good. And if you black, yeah. backlit, whatever, it was just like so sad that that's the only picture I had. My parents and we were like all wet. It was just like oh my god. Oh, Why I'm not is this gonna our lie. I brought a dab pen with me in my graduation because I was like, it's been two years. Like my parents are making, they they paid for it. So I'm here. Like that's, yeah. this is not my choice. Like 
make them happy. So I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do to have a good time. <laughs> and it was literally like while the speakers were speaking, I was just like, like putting it underneath my mask. It was like, and it would just That's come out from like my mask too. And like <laughs> the girl next to me was just dying. She was like, "You're not even gonna try to hide." And I was like, "What are they gonna do? Expel, Expel me? me? <laughs> like, like it's like." I have a job. Like, I was yeah, yeah. I cannot relate. I mean, I part of me wishes I was just like somewhere in the audience and not like sitting next to the, our dean on the stage. But uh, um, it's I six. didn't know anyone who came because, like, I feel like uh, not that many people from my class came back for it, and they just like went, put SOC grads with the PhD graduates. So it was mm. the SOC grads and like a bunch of like fifty year olds. They did that with us too. Like the uh, the people that got their <laughs> masters. They, not only did they combine SOC and um, the School of Education, but they combined bachelors, masters, and PhDs, like in the same ceremony. Cool? Just one, I guess. Fucking, I don't fucking know. I mean, the PhD and uh, masters. There were more yeah, masters and PhD. They were sitting in the same like area, but that I shit sense. you not. It was literally just split. Like one side masters, PhDs; the other side's bachelors. Uh... And I guess it wasn't that big, but. We filled up the whole like fucking gym. I don't know about the other schools, but no. See, like ours, like they only had like half of it open because there weren't many people that came. So they had still like the like regular gym blockers. I was like, you couldn't have like lifted those up. Like, no, like that yeah. didn't occur to y'all. But yeah, but Uberwell didn't even show. You know, I'm glad I left. Like, I I don't even. I love visiting now, and my twin will be there forever because she's all politics all the time. Yeah. So I love being able to visit, but I'm like, whenever I visit, I'm like, thank God. I well, there was a shit show earlier, I guess, in August, where uh, I only know about it because it was all over social media and people were posting about the um, uh, the uh, the teacher. What is it fucking called? The bruh. Um, With not a riot. What the fuck is it called? Oh, the a protest. protest. They were protesting. Um, yeah, what? the like the how much they pay uh, their staff. Yes, but not just yeah. that. It kind of grew into it. It got it from my perspective. It looked very much out of hand because it happened the week, not the first week of classes, but like welcome week. So where freshmen uh, are protest. coming, and I guess for safety reasons, uh. I don't want to say Burwell because I know she did not write it, but a letter went out or an email went out to families like the weekend of moving, telling them not to come. And people, the comp, the day of the convocation, people like walked out and uh, there were all these wanted signs with Sylvia's name because oh, uh, she wasn't. Yeah. And there's like a big like line or mosh or whatever outside that white house on the hill. It was just like so chaotic. And I know if my if it happened when I moved in, my dad would have been pissed. He would have been oh, livid. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, like halfway through the complication, like people walked out of Bender, and it was just like it looked like a shit show. And I was like, thank God I left. Like I could not imagine being there right now. Like I just I don't want to be affiliated. I like I think back on it and I'm like I was there for like because I came, my first year was 2016 to 2020 and yeah. so like I was there when Trump got elected That's crazy. and then uh like I left in the beginning of 2021 so I was there when Biden got like put back in so I was like damn that was a chaotic time period no oh, yeah like it, especially like during the fucking uh insurrection riot 
Yeah, I mean, that was, I I mean, I remember that too. I remember the day oh, cool. that Biden won. And then I remember, because I flew back from break at the day before, day of January 6th. I think it was the day before. Um, so it was just, DC was a shit show. It was, my yeah. mom was like texting me like, don't leave your apartment. Like, don't leave. <laughs> like, don't leave. Um, yeah, I had friends like, who were crazy. interns in Capitol Hill who had to go in lockdown during really? it. Like, yeah. And like, and like one of, one of the guys who I'm friends with is one of my like best friends roommates. So I was like texting him like crazy being like, yeah. heard from him. It's like crazy. Have, have anyone heard from him? Um, the fact that people still like try to like, <laughs> like be like, Oh, that wasn't that a big of a deal. Like, yeah. Did was... did we not watch the same thing? I was just like, oh, thank God I'm RDCDC. It was just so... <sighs> Bye. <laughs> I mean, LA, I'm sure, has its issues. But, like, from what I've seen so far, it's not the same kind of kind of vibe as DC was. And, I mean, AU was filled, obviously, SIS, SP, kids that were, you know... <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, good for a while it lasted. I only really had one year of college anyway for the pandemic, so that I was is so sad. Is that is that really true? Yeah, so I so I graduated high school twenty eighteen. So I started fall twenty eighteen. So I had my freshman year full on campus, regular, normal. But the thing is, like freshman year, like the people I met freshman year that I'm still talk to, not talk to, but like are friends with, like, and I do have very close friends for freshman year. Literally, count them on my fingers, like five three or four people like not a lot of people yeah i feel like freshman year everyone especially first semester are so nice to each other nobody has friends friends with everyone (laughs) exactly people don't even half the time don't even know what their major is yeah and it wasn't until they don't know their last name exactly so it wasn't until (laughs) i started sophomore year where i finally felt like okay i've got a year in the brain belt i'm starting to take classes for my major because i was in this other program freshman year where i was like kind of isolated it was a a whole nother thing but um uh then COVID happened right when the time when I felt like I was oh, feeling God. getting into the swing of things so I had my first semester of sophomore year and then COVID happened and so that That's semester awful. was just like you know the weird the weird semester where it was like okay we were on spring break but then we weren't it was extended then everyone had to go home it was a whole thing and it was very chaotic and my parents are doctors so they're going, as you can imagine, a very rough time. So I had to move out myself. And my parents were like, because Trump had, he was going to do like this domestic travel ban, some shit. And my mom's like, if you do I not remember. change your flight, like you're going to be stuck there. Um, and I'm like, mm, yeah. that's helping me with my stress right now. Thank you. Um, and then obviously went home from uh, for spring semester. And then I knew I could not be home during pandemic and i'm so grateful and fortunate that i was able to get an apartment and go back to dc but mind you we were still under the impression that we were going to be back in because a you put this whole proposal together that we were going to be back in the fall so it was like oh i was gonna be back anyway (laughs) and i signed a lease in may moved in june last week of june first week of july and it wasn't until like second third week of august like right before we start classes they were like "Mm, never mind like classes are online and everyone locked into leases and so all of junior year was um uh, virtual and they still tried because I was supposed to go abroad spring 2021 which would have been yeah. spring junior year and they told me summer of 2020 summer 2020 to still like apply like still act like you're going abroad because my broad advisors and my guidance counselors were like 
you know, so much could happen in six to seven months. But I was like, because there's so much work going into getting abroad, all the application fees, passport, all this shit. And I was like, is it worth it? Because if I do, God forbid I do go, it's going to be limiting experience. Thank God I didn't do it because um, and it, it, everyone that was planned to go, like it got canceled. Um, and so, so heartbreaking. yeah. And then, so that's, so all junior year was virtual. And then um, I stayed in DC summer 2020 because I had my internship. Um, and then again, senior came and we were supposed to be, supposed to be in person, but then Omicron and Delta, I think Delta was first. Delta was like this beginning of senior year. And then Omicron was winter because we were virtual again until yeah. fucking March and, or February. And then at that point I was like, I literally have a month of college left. Like I don't, I just, I just want in-person graduation at this point. Like that's all I'm asking for. That's all I want. And then I'm gone like that. I'm gone. And, um, we barely even had that. So, cause we didn't even know it was going to happen until, uh, I think a week or two before, cause they were still like, mm, should we do it? Cause it was the whole booster thing, all this shit. So yeah, that's my college. So I didn't have, uh, abroad and sorry, man. I didn't move. I mean, I stayed in my apartment for senior year cause I was just like lazy. I didn't want to like do move again. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people took semesters off or, or the year off and, um, to that, but my parents didn't really give me an option to do that. Uh, but honestly, like looking back on it, I'm glad I pushed through with it all. Cause it was kind of just like, my mom was like, keep your head down, just get your piece of paper at this point, your diploma, um, and then leave. Cause you know, you're not going to stay there. So yeah, it was definitely a, a hard time. And, and then dealing with all that with the election and January 6th and DC being boarded up and everything crazy. and my professors didn't even care like I it's so crazy because people are like oh it's your virtual you can cheat no I I could not because all my teachers had me do the uh whatever lockdown thing but um they would have me take up my computer and go like this to show my surroundings and I was like you know what this shit and like one of my professors gave me gave us a quiz or some test the night of the election like nobody's heads were in the right space she didn't give up fuck and Damn. she was basically like if you don't come to class or like you're gonna fail you're gonna get zero blah blah, blah all this shit and um was this for calm or for was it a general no that was a calm that was my writing class calm 337 um and that professor was very extra for no reason because it was like it got to the point where it wasn't even about the quiz or whatever it was just about like mental health like no one in their mind was in the oh, right I headspace. feel like I know who you're talking about I can't remember her name um <gasps> it was a woman oh but wait okay she's like I never knew a heard of her until I had her though I want to say like I don't know what I'm gonna say she's just racially ambiguous she's definitely not white uh, and she's not black but I don't know what she is uh in between. like and I know those are oh no she's definitely white she... I'm, oh, I'm sure of it her name was Dara Klatt Oh no, never mind. Okay. I had this like teeny little professor for my writing class. Like she was literally like 4'10 mm -hmm. and she was just full of rage oh, all God. the time. And this woman like traumatized me. Like I loved oh. all the professors I had in calm except her. I was like, you fucking suck. Oh my God. No, my professor that traumatized me wasn't thankfully in calm. Um, and that was a very bad, like to the point where my mom wanted me to go to the dean of students to report his ass. Cause he was just like, 
if he was white, it would have been such a racial thing. But it was annoying because he was black and I was the only black kid in the class and he was mm-hmm. obviously singling me out and just being very disrespectful and rude to me. He'd still be racist. Yeah, he could. But there was there was something more to that man to the point where it was like, why are you doing this to me? But that was my sophomore year. That was someone I, I roasted his ass on Rip My Presser. And like <laughs> my mom was like, if you come across him and you're in your car and you happen to forget which pedal is the accelerator. <laughs> the gas or the (laughs) my mom is so funny but um no yeah that professor i had was just like so crazy um uh but then yeah and then i i almost couldn't vote it was like a whole fucking thing like voter suppression honestly like i submitted my absentee ballot months before august of uh 2020 and they kept telling me oh it's coming and then my mom jokingly was like oh you're gonna fly home to vote and i was like okay but it was like a joke and it literally wasn't until hollow like october i was like mom i still haven't gotten it like it's so crazy and the night of halloween i it was so fucking crazy because this was like covid so i went to fly home yeah so i did that like halloween i was at my friend's apartment we had a whatever celebration um get together and then i got to my apartment at 1 a.m woke up at 4 a.m took the first flight out of DC at like 5 a.m. and then flew home. My dad picked me up and from the airport. It was so like, now that I think about it, it was so like planned to the minute. My dad picked me up. My mom went to the um, place where the voting was happening. I don't know what the word is called. Stood in line to save my place. Where the then, polls were. Yeah, the polls were. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, dad took me straight there went to the polls voted and then my mom took me back to the airport got on the next flight because I was like this is COVID like I don't want to do because I'm already like I told my roommate to like clean the apartment while I was gone so when I come back because I was limiting my exposure um because I didn't want to you know affect him or like anyone else and so I was back in DC by 12 p.m 1 p.m um and it was so crazy because that and I got to the polls and they were like oh our records show that you received an absentee ballot and I was like bitch if I received an absentee ballot I wouldn't wouldn't be be here here. and then she goes oh if you receive it uh you have to like rip it up or whatever um since you're you're here and I was like okay never got it (laughs) never got it so I was like "Mm, voter suppression when I tried to vote in 2016 they just didn't send my ballot or like AU threw it out I don't know (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. My college was just like very crazy, and my experiences working for Homeland Security made me realize I never want to work for the government. And there were a lot of racist and homophobic people I worked with, and it was just like, yeah. I had someone behind me talking about you people. I was like, you know, I don't need this. Like, I need to leave. Yeah, like that's <laughs> I what need I need. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, not, so this is like super secret, but I mean, also like. Oh fuck! I like. What are they gonna do? Uh, my <laughs> computer broke. Like, during, like as soon as uh, classes transitioned to online in 2020, my speakerphone yeah. and my mic stopped working on my like, oh my super god old Mac computer. Like it was like one of the first ones that were a laptop. Like I had had this computer for like 10 years. Um, it was like not the actual, but my mom had it before me, and then I took it to college. Um, because I was like, it's a good computer, I could use it, and then, yeah. um. So AU sent me like a like a computer to use just until oh. you know classes were over. I, was I like, know they cool. did that. Um, well, <laughs> so 
so I told them like I can like come to I like if you want like you guys can just leave it somewhere on campus or something and I can just come pick it up like you don't have to send it to me like mm-hmm. I'm in my apartment I can walk to campus yeah and even though I had offered to literally walk and pick it up they shipped it to my like billing address which is my house in Colorado stop so I was like I'm not going to be to use that. So like they had the computer here and it took like a few weeks for for even to get here. So I just, Mm -hmm. so they ended up letting me come on campus and getting one. And I returned that one. Like fast forward, I like moved back here and the computer is still here. Yeah. It was like sitting there and I was like, Oh shit. Like it had been like six months since I like graduated. So I was like, I guess this is my password. I'm using right now this is the password still american is yeah. it like a is it a mac pc what's the it's like a like a pc i don't know you can't i don't know why i tried to just show <laughs> <laughs> you can see the bottom no you can't um a zbook that's what it says on the bottom that's so crazy they just did they well, didn't I, was like, I, I graduated i paid off all my you know my, i'm yeah. done paying it like it's not like i owed any more money like so yeah. i was like i have my diploma it's not like they can take that yeah. back the one thing I schemed out of AU, which I feel like now I could say because I don't go there anymore. You graduated, yeah. I, <clears throat> so my last year I had my car. And thank God I had my car because it made my life so much easier. Oh, I bet. But I got lazy. And <laughs> I I mean, also part of it is like I had a lot of night classes and I didn't feel comfortable walking back to my apartment at night <clears throat> by myself. Yeah. And so I'd drive to school. And I would also like, I was a chap- chapter president of this organization. So I was always on campus and doing shit. Yeah. So the first day of uh, senior year, I walked with my friends to campus. And then I was like, okay, I want to try out. Like, I heard, like, to park, you have to, like, pay some fee. But I was like, okay, let me, like, actually look into it. And so you know how they have, like, the pay to park, um, like, the zone numbers or whatever? So apparently, if you're a student, like, you would still have to pay, but you'd get, like, a discount Yeah. on your uh, whatever cents per hour. And so I was like, okay. And so I drove to Bender parking um, garage and there was no zone thing on there, but online I registered my license under like the student thing. And I got an email with a receipt of my purchase, but my purchase was $0 because I purchased the student parking pass, which wasn't a thing. It was just like when I go and I would put in the zone and I would just yeah. have to pay. So but they know I it's a student it. car. Exactly. And so, and I had to put my make a model. And I was like, okay. And I had the receipt, but it, you know, online it looks like I purchased something. And so I was like, okay, I should be fine. Even though I can't find the zone thing. Like if something happens, like I can show them this proof. Like I screenshotted it, everything. Yeah. And so, okay. I was like, I went to Bender, I parked and it was like in the morning and I was on campus all day. And, uh, I was like constantly checking my like location of my car hadn't moved so I figured I was I was fine and I got back and I was like wow my car's been here for almost 12 hours like it's it's fine it hasn't moved I was thankful and then I was like do they even check like they probably don't even check this shit and then (laughs) so I kept parking and then I would check my balance on my thing because my friend was like oh like you should be careful like they could just like give you a a fine like on your thing and if you don't yeah. do it they can like boot it whatever and it's like okay you're right and so I would check my my account and I never got a site I think it was like called a citation I never got citations Hell and yeah. um one day I was parking and I saw I'm assuming it was a student but they had like a 
like a vest, like what a uh, uh, cross guard wears for some oh, reason. Oh yeah, they, and they, they do. It's student uh, do yeah. the ticket. And so, and they had something and I was like, when I saw them, I was driving onto the first, whatever, first uh, floor and I was going up and I tried to slow down to see like what they were doing. And he was just looking at the license plate um, and would move on. And I guess if the license plate didn't match, he would whatever. Because and so I was you like, registered. And so I was like, oh, so I deliberately parked in an area where I knew he would pass my car. Cause I was like, okay. I guess I'll risk it. Um, but I heard like the the citation, the first one's like 30 bucks, which was okay if I got it. And so, uh, but I wanted to know before like parking there days after days. And so I parked and I came back again. It was the same thing. I left, I made sure to leave my car there for a significant period of time. Cause I knew like I'd be on campus a lot and not again, nothing. My car was still there. I went online, oh no citations. God. And so it's 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 a loophole because I registered my make and model under the student pass online. If they looked up my license plate number, it would match because I put it online and it matched yeah. my name and everything. So nothing would happen. And I was like, fucking, let's fucking go. Because I think the pass was $1,000 a semester. It's super some fucking. Shit. It's a, and I, was yeah, like, I think you're right. It's like a thousand other for the semester or the year. It's yeah. And I was like, that. what the? Knowing at you, it's probably the semester. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm winning right now. Hell and yeah. I was like, this is so good. Especially when the snow comes, like, this is so good. Like, Not what? Oh, um, my God. And nothing ever happened. Like, the full year till May 2022. Uh, uh, nothing ever happened. And um, and I would change. I wouldn't even just park in Bender. I'd park under SIS. I guess that was like SIS the best the place to place. park uh, underneath SIS. Like I had friends who didn't uh, register their cars with it mm -hmm. and they would always park underneath there and they never got in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, the vendor's always the place like that they actually do check. And same with that's um, crazy. Capson, like Capson Garage and the vendor garage and the one by um, like the, the freshman dorms. Those are the ones that they're apparently like the strictest with. So it looks like you bamboozled. Well, I, them. Only, I literally only parked there because I was lazy and it was close bamboozled. to SOC and it, I could cross over through MGC. Um, but yeah, that made me feel very proud of myself because I was like, mm, y'all took a lot from me and I'm going to take this back. Exactly. And it's like, it's not like I didn't like I'm doing anything bad either like You're I'm using this to go car. to class like yeah, yeah exactly so I don't know it's crazy AU is <laughs> so ridiculous for so many reasons um but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on this episode and I really appreciated all you had to say and I know I learned a lot so I'm sure the listeners learned a lot as well um and I you know I wish you nothing but the best and in your work and I hope you just continue to thrive and find success in, in the world of cannabis, whether you stay in it or decide to pivot again. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you so much. Thank you. I had such a great time talking with you. I'm so honored to be on your podcast. And seriously, if you're ever in Denver, I would love to be able to give you a tour either of one of the growing facilities of one of my clients or like, I can just smoke you up too, if that's what you want to do. Like yes. anytime, dude, I'd love to be able to see you. Okay. Yes. I will definitely hit you up. I actually have family and- oh the denver area i guess uh i think oh, it's denver cool. i'm pretty sure it's denver um like my other cousin and his wife and then i guess my other cousin his brother just moved there too so i definitely should be there at some point um oh, yeah. but i would definitely hit you up um Me for sure too. i would love that um but thank you again and to the listeners you can catch uh episodes weekly every sunday of let's chat with zach 
on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe, like, leave a review, tell me what you think, what's the vibe. Um, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you again, Rebecca. Bye. Thank you. Bye.